Hey, I'm Aldwin. And I'm Jason. And this is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. Why I didn't get excuse me? Can you talk louder so everyone can hear you asking me about my drugs? I mean, if we had Hawkeye, you would be so freaking embarrassed right now. Well, how come they can say whatever they want to me? Oh, it's old talent. That don't work. I just sit on the couch. I don't want to look like I am I going to be his boyfriend. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. Hi, I'm Aldwin. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and we are here for another week of your real tennis tea. And we actually have some tennis that's happening that we're going to talk about. You know what? Honestly, we were just in preparation for this podcast talking about how juicy it's going to be. Yeah, but, you know, admittedly, we de- debated whether we were going to pay that $12.90 <laughs> for that subscription. I know. We were like, we were, like, we were a little bit unsure. Is this going to be worth it? And you're going to have to tune in to the next 30 to 45 minutes to find out because we're going to tell you whether yes. it is or not. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. But first, we are going to give a little update on the U.S. Open from what we know, which is not much but from what we hear from the news reports yes so what what do we know what do you know and then i can fill in the gaps all right what i know so just to give some context last week on our episode number four we shared a story that there was a possibility that the u.s open would be part of a double header with cincinnati But since then, um, there has been some news. I believe Forbes magazine broke the story this Wednesday that the USTA was in talks with the ATP and WTA tour to schedule the US Open at its regular time. So they have the intention of having the US Open from August 31st to September 13, as it was always intended to be. Mm -hmm. And what we know in terms of a few details are how they're going to get players to new york yes and we obviously know a bit about how some players feel about that and how there are concerns which we're not going to talk about today we can talk about it in the lead up when it actually is happening or not Mm. hopefully it is Mm -hmm. Uh, but we do know that there will be a limited amount of entourage that can come with each of the players <laughs> leave your leave your dietitian at home yeah not everybody has a dietitian novak okay you leave <laughs> that person at home i'm feeling very wendy williams today like i'm really <laughs> feeling very shady but anyway okay, can continue continue so limited entourage they go and check your temperature <laughs> you're gonna get your temperature checked which yes. we want to make sure uh covid over right you're not running a fever you're not running a fever there will be no fans which i know some players are against and some players like most of the wta are very used to (laughs) i.e plushkova (laughs) i mean i'm not calling her out specifically but you know she will come in she commented she commented she commented we will talk about that actually we're going to talk about that next week (laughs) and there will be a reduction in prize money. So oh. uh, it's it, it's estimated 
that the U.S. Open will lose 60% of its revenue. Mm. So what I've read, they're going to offer 95% of last year's prize money. So you can ask Bianca Andreescu what that was, mm-hmm. and you're going to get 95% of that. Well, I mean, considering the fact that she didn't have enough money to buy a lamp for her parents' basement, <laughs> that doesn't sound like it's going to be a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she could afford that lamp. <laughs> Are they also going to give the trophy without like a a top, like a cover <laughs> to save on money? <laughs> <laughs> that top sometimes falls off, but I think they'll get the same trophy. They just won't get the same prize money. I so see. that's that's the lay yeah. of the land, and I think what is what remains to be seen is whether by August there will be some semblance of an audience or folks in the stands that will be possible uh, because not all of us enjoy hearing the fake fan noises mm. a la UTS. Wow, you're, you're, you're really getting into this shade quick. I mean, you know what? I think there is still a possibility for the USTA, ATP, WTA to figure out. I mean, everything will depend on how COVID transforms, evolves from now until the US Open. But I think it's there's a window there, don't you think, to have like at least some fan some spectators attend yeah i think so it's just figuring out where will they come from and will they try to make it localized because new york had it at new york new jersey area had it the worst in terms of covid19 in the united states but they're doing the best in terms of lowering the curve or what do you call it bending the curve bending the curve flattening the curve flattening the curve sorry jesus no that's okay yeah so all right are they are they going to allow those people to come from outside where maybe it's still not as great i mean they're they still have about twenty thousand new cases a day in in that country so it's not it's not cute there and that's why our border continues to be closed and they keep continuing to push that back when it's going to reopen. Yeah, I mean, that that is a big factor. The fan, the fan factor will be a big one in determining how successful I think the upcoming U.S. Open will be. Mm-hmm. But I mean, who knows what kind of rules they'll implement, like you said. Um, my question when I first read this article and the potential for the U.S. Open to take place as normal was, okay, first of all, remember how in episode two we talked about like that New York state official talking about um, playing in public courts, make sure that you mark your own balls. Mm-hmm. So does does that also apply I mean, the U.S. Open should set a good example in terms of, like, you know, practicing safety regulations. So do, for example, if Berrettini and Goffin were playing a match at the U.S. Open, are they using their own balls or do they not give a shit because they've done all of these other precautions? That was a question that popped up in my mind, to be honest. Mm -hmm. That is a good question. I don't know if... Maybe they'll just have to hand sanitize between every point. I'm not exactly (laughs) sure. And you honestly, I think you're onto something. Like I didn't give Jason enough credit for this, but way back when it was either episode two or episode one, Jason was like, you know what? Those brands like Nike, Adidas, blah, 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 Babalat, they're going to get on the whole mask merch. I 100%, if the US Open happens, girl, we, I am 100% sure there's going to be some mask merch. And why were we not on that tip? <laughs> <laughs> the TV coverage is, it's just going to be scanning the 30% of the 
capacity of the audience all wearing Nike and Reebok and Babylon face masks. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's okay. Yeah. They're in production now. (laughs) Available online and in stores very soon. Tennis warehouse. May or may not carry them. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So we have been watching tennis this week and we hope the u.s open happens but we've been watching some tennis this weekend Mm -hmm. it's not your standard uti it's the uts (laughs) which stands for ultimate tennis showdown and we hunker down we put in our email we put made a password and we gave our amex number for a 12 dollar 90 cent one month subscription so we could check this product out Correct. Correction. Jason put his Amex number in <laughs> because he texted me. He's like, "Girl, do you think we should do this?" I'm like, oh, "You know what? I think it's our due our due diligence to do it." I mean, would I necessarily get the subscription on my own? That would be a no. But <laughs> you know what? Because Jason and I do things together, I was like, "Let's do it. Let's watch a little bit of tennis." So yeah. So we've been watching this weekend. There are some interesting things to talk about, but maybe we should start by talking about reviewing the rules and the format and as you called it i okay i've recently changed my name for ultimate tennis showdown i pretty much call it tennis basketball and originally i was going to say with uno cards y'all know that that game like skip a turn pick up four (laughs) but instead of uno cards i've replaced it with pokemon cards ah do you play pokemon I mean, I know enough about Pokemon cards because I confiscate them from students on a daily. <laughs> <laughs> Even virtually? Well, no, not virtually. <laughs> I, they can they can do whatever they want from home. <laughs> right. I can see you on through the computer. You're playing Pokemon. Put them down. <laughs> yeah, so the format, it's weird. But you know what? Okay, why don't we go over a little bit of what the format is? Yeah, so quickly, the format is as you said very basketball like four quarters as they call it they are 10 minute quarters so unlike the nba which is 12 minutes these quarters are 10 minutes Mm -hmm. a few other rules they have a 15 second serve clock Mm. they do not actually have the ability to challenge so they have lines people who are calling the balls in and out and the umpire can make corrections but there's no challenge system. So I have seen in my viewing a couple of instances where uh, actually the player saw the ball out, the player who was on the side where could see the ball also agreed that it was out, but the umpire didn't make the change, even though the player agreed that the ball was out. So there's some interesting things that are happening there. And then there are uno or pokemon cards as aldwin <laughs> pointed out and i'll let you go through the cards and this uh, you know we'll, we can get into a bit of the strategy so i know most of the cards so jason you can jump in at any time to uh, share what the cards which cards i missed but essentially the coaches get to choose two cards that their respective players can play during the match and they can play these two cards once per quarter so i know one of the cards is um make your opponent have only one serve for the next two points so essentially they're playing a second serve um they can steal serve so the way in uts it's basically two points per 
two service points per player and when you steal serve then you can play four points on your serve consecutive um something like winners count for three so if you hit a nice ass winner you get three points in uts and i think you can another card is you can make your player you can force your opponent to win the point within three shots and if they don't the point goes to you yes, yes. i think that that's correct and then mm. the winner uh the winner for three points you when you play that card you can that can happen for the next two points so you can actually mm. within a two point spread get six points dang dang gina <laughs> and the scoring is just you get a you win a point that's how many points you get it's not yeah. there's no 15 there's no 30 which apparently confuses the non-tennis <laughs> folks who are hopefully you know people who don't necessarily pay attention to tennis otherwise are definitely definitely paying $12.90 for this <laughs> definitely Oh my goodness! Are there? <laughs> did I miss any of the cards? I I no. There... I think you covered them all. Okay. All right. Yeah. So those are the cards. And actually, now that Jason and I have watched a couple of matches, um, it's interesting because it adds another layer of strategy. So, uh, for example, I think in one of the matches, you know, when the when the shot the shot no sorry not the shot clock but the quarter clock was timing out, like you could. I think there's actually a card where like you can you can stall the other player or something. I don't know. Anyway, I saw I think it was Berrettini he ended up using a card where he stole Goffin's serve because Berrettini's serve is like so crazy and amazing that he knew that if he had his four serves consecutive with the quarter clock running out that he would inevitably win that quarter. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, there is a bit of um gamesmanship with the clock towards the end of the quarter if you're mm. like one minute to go and that heartbeat sound starts <laughs> coming which the players can hear on the court <laughs> you know if you're up by three or four points you might do a bit of gamesmanship and play with the clock and you know delay your serve or you know call a timeout which i believe you also get one of those per quarter mm -hmm. um but the the player cannot call the timeout. I believe the coach, only the coach can call the timeout for right. the player. But the right. player can decline. Oh. Yeah. If, they get, if they get especially frustrated. Yeah, and if they like, don't want to see the ugly mug of their coach or hear his, hear his or her voice. Yeah. Like, I mean, Thomas Johansson is so nice. Like, who wouldn't want to hear Thomas Johansson's coaching tips? <laughs> but anyway, whatever. <laughs> So yeah, I think um, that's a bit of the the strategy, and what I what I'm still trying to figure out as are the players seemingly is who gets to play which card first. I, it seems like you either one of the players can play a card as soon as a point has ended. Ah. So you just have to alert or get the attention of the umpire first to be able to play your you know give your opponent only one serve or take away the serve and serve four in a row mm. kind of situation okay 
So I haven't, we haven't quite figured out, or at least for myself, I haven't quite figured out what the best strategy is and, you know, when you would want to play something like the winner gets you three points. Yeah. Maybe we should, um, when your back is at 100%, do a little UTS game ourselves just to see. I like that. I mean, 10 minutes. First of all, the 15-second shot clock, I'm going to say shot clock because it is like basketball, would not work for me because (laughs) I take a long-ass time in between points only because it takes me about 20 tosses to get the right one. (laughs) Yeah, and especially if you're in the lead and we only have five minutes left on the court (laughs) and you you know I have a chance to come back. She that takes that, her sweet old time, let me tell you. That only happens in the winter when we have a two you we usually have a two hour determined time limit. And if yeah. I'm winning, I want that W. That is yeah. actually that would be a UTS strategy. So <laughs> that, that is definitely a strategy. Suddenly those ninety seconds become like two and a half minutes. He's on the changeover, Jason is back, ready to serve, and I'm like, nah, I'm gonna wait for a minute. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna wait, wait for a minute. <laughs> let me tie. Let me tie my shoelaces for the twentieth time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm up five four, and there's three minutes left. There's no way he's gonna get this game in ninety seconds. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anyway, so did what? What matches did you happen to pop in to watch? So I popped in to watch Sitsipas and Pear, and mm. let me tell you. It was a hot mess. Pear got <laughs> destroyed. So Pear literally won. I calculated because the spread of the scores in the quarter were crazy. He literally won 33 points and Sitsipas hit 32 winners. So Sitsipas basically hit just one less winner than Pear in total points won. Sitsipas came to play. Yeah. And I think that's one of the challenges with the format is if in a quarter you start winning a boatload of points and you get up 10 1 or 12 2 it's hard to come back so the the other player is just gonna you know conserve their energy and save it for the next quarter so it becomes less interesting Mm -hmm. within the last five minutes yeah the other thing they have to kind of figure out is that because they play four quarters it's not like a best of situation like in regular tennis like best of three or best of five if the player has won three quarters then dang that player won so the fourth quarter they actually have to play the fourth quarter in terms of like overall like tally of points and everything such as for like the end of the tournament but i mean you just play the fourth quarter if you've lost the first three for fun mm-hmm. and see how yeah. it goes. <laughs> then it becomes all about the exhibition. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things that is interesting about it, and I appreciate Patrick Maratoglu's desire to create something new mm-hmm. and create something fun and quicken the pace of a game that can tend to be slow for mm-hmm. many for me when it comes to the speed of w- with which a match you know takes three four hours sometimes if it's a good match between good players and there's a lot of back and forth and a set takes 75 minutes <laughs> and it ends seven six and the tie break's gone nine eleven. i'm hoping 
that the match will continue to be as good. So mm-hmm. I don't necessarily care for the game to be sp- sped up in in that way because I want the match to go on for as long as possible. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm I guess I guess it's the way that you and I have been conditioned because we've only ever watched tennis in one way, but I'm of I'm of the same opinion. Like I don't really care how fast a match is played. You know, if the quality is really good, it's actually even more interesting for there to be more of a back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, but I will say like watching like I watched the Popperin Benchetri match, which was I think the first UTS match. And then yesterday, I watched a little bit of the um, CC pair match. And then today, watched a little bit of Berrettini versus Goffin. And then yesterday, Goffin, I forgot who Goffin played, but he played, oh, he played Gasquet. And honestly, like the first, these few match, first few matches that I watched, I was entertained because it was so novel. So like, you know, yes, tennis was back on, was back on. You got to see like top players playing each other. And it was definitely novel to see like, you know, the use of the Pokemon cards and like the shot <laughs> clock and, you know, the, the fake fan applause and all of the people that were watching from the rafters. I mean, obviously there's no spectators, but I, I don't know. The cameras definitely caught a group of people that were definitely not social distancing. <laughs> but, you know, the whole thing was so intriguing because it was new. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And I think, you know, I made a joke earlier about the fake fan applause. It actually <laughs> didn't bother me. If if the point is good, I think it doesn't bother me and it kind of adds to the atmosphere. And, you know, as you pointed out, it's kind of like wrestling and I'm, I'm watching. <laughs> I still watch wrestling and wrestling shows are happening without fans. And, and recently they've started to employ having some of the lower level wrestling talent be in sort of the atmosphere around the ring to to create the sense of energy and fans and they're doing chants and stuff so it's a bit uh similar in that way so i'm i'm interested to see how it goes it's going to go on for another four weeks mm-hmm. four weeks of uts yes so 10 we'll matches per weekend yeah 10 matches the first per day weekend. was the first day was rained out, so we had Sunday and Monday matches, which will continue. So yeah, yeah, I'll pop in. I'll pop in on Jason's Amex subscription and watch a couple <laughs> matches this coming weekend. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you know it'll be interesting to just see how it evolves and how players adapt to the strategy and using the cards. And what did you think about uh, players' energy? within the match and did you feel like they were into it <clears throat> you know what okay i actually thought about that i i had made notes to myself while i was watching and at first i thought that some of the energy that the players displayed like you know they're really getting into it it did remind me a lot of wrestling which we all know is fake sorry i'm just it's fake excuse me yeah i know i know <laughs> But but it kind of reminded me of that like WWE energy, like all that bravado, that machismo, like, you know, like Ale, and like, what are you talking about that line call? I'm like, girl, come on. Like, there's no spectators around. Like, just take a seat and relax. It's not real. Um, but there were certain players that you could see were really getting into it. So I think that, um, yeah, I think that even though this is a new tennis format, that as UTS progresses, I think there will be kind of a level of competitiveness that the players will naturally feel. 
But at first, I must say, I was like, this is all fake and for show. Like, you're just <laughs> pretending to be into it, but you got your money in your pocket and it's all good, but whatever. Yeah, I, I am interested to know, like, obviously they got an appearance fee for participating and they they have to hang around Nice, which sounds terrible. <laughs> but, um, you know, what is... I, I am interested to know sort of what are... <clears throat> what is the winner's purse Yes, in this whole scenario? So I know a little a little bit about that because I was also uh, curious as to like what kind of money was on the line. Apparently, the way that UTS is structured in terms of like the prize money is that based on your ranking, you are um, your ranking determines your prize money value. So let's say if you're in the top 10, they might attribute $5,000 to you. If you're in the top, sorry, like if you were ranked 150, they might attribute five cents, something like that. <laughs> and then what happens is whoever you play, your prize money pool gets put together. And if you're the winner of that particular match, you come away with 70% of that. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I could okay. be wrong because I did lie to everybody on the last podcasting that there was going to be <laughs> screens everywhere in the center court, but there was not a damn screen. <laughs> so, but well, I, I, <laughs> I read that I, somewhere. <laughs> well, I feel bad for Dustin Brown then because he's ranked 250 something. He's got enough money to buy him a bag of Cheetos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well... I, one of the things that I think is interesting about UTS is they've tried to market mm. the players and the game in a different way. And one of the ways that they've tried to market the players is that by coming up with nicknames or monikers for for each player. This and is right up your alley. Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we dive into this you know, wrestling analogy again, that's each any, I, and I watched a wrestling show last night. They come up with different nicknames for each of the wrestlers. So the wrestler will have a name and they'll have, you know, their own nicknames that go, go along with it. So, you know, Br Brutus Ed, Ed, the Barber Beefcake. Yeah. So uh, Edge, who's a Canadian wrestler born in Toronto, they call him the rated R superstar. Ooh. And that was back in the day when he used to do things that were a bit risque for television. Oh, dang. Yeah. Okay. So, so the UTS is trying to do a bit of that. And we wanted to go through a bit of these nicknames or monikers for you. Mm. And so there are 10 players. Lucas Puy is one of them. And he <laughs> is, his he's dubbed... Or his moniker is called the French Flair. Mm -hmm. I mean, talking about talking about wrestling, isn't isn't there like a ravishing? No, not ravishing. Rick Rude. The what is his name? The yes, Flair. Yes, Rick Flair and Rick Rick Rude are also. Uh, they are both wrestlers. One has passed away, and one is still oh. living. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I looked at your notes, uh, and you you <laughs> typed up you typed up the French flare, and you you spelled flare like a flare gun. I was like, are you trying are you trying to say are you trying to say something about what he needs to do to resurrect his career? <laughs> I no, I actually I I typed that because I thought that was a spelling of the word <laughs> flare F L A I R. Okay, A I R. Yes. Yes, but 
you know, to be flair, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> he he is number 56 in the world and he's just coming back from an injury. But one of the things that I thought was interesting was his write-up on the UTS website. So Lucas Pui always displays style and elegance. Off-court, he stands out by his dirty blonde hair and remarkable sense of fashion. <laughs> On court, style takes an entirely different meaning. His stunning forehands have a je ne sais quoi. <laughs> That's French for I'm not sure. His <laughs> serves are stunning and he seems to fly across the court. So there's a bit of like trying to bring some description to each of these players. I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know dirty blonde hair stood out. <laughs> I, you know what? It's funny because you were reading that description of Pui, and frankly, I really don't know her. So he uh, cute though. He cute. He cute. Yeah. On, honestly, like we were, are we gonna are we gonna do like what what moniker they should have, or are we just gonna do like all of the monikers first? <laughs> um, no. We, do you have? Did you have one for him? I mean, I I didn't have a good one for him, but like French Flair is a bit weak, and like my like he just reminds me of Thor, like so he should be Thor. I mean, if yeah. you're if if you're gonna have a Greek god, it, sorry, we'll get to that, but like <laughs> Pui should be Thor because he looks like him. He looks like him, but interesting that you should say that because. They feel that Matteo Berrettini is the new Thor. And I quote, tall with strong physique and powerful shot making. This player is the new hit on tour. The handsome 24 year old is the new Thor of tennis. Oh, I mean, I I'm thought not... this was I thought this was his grinder profile. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that. That's him. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, powerful shot making could be grinder. I know. But what is what is his actual moniker? The hammer. The hammer. Mm -hmm. I mean, the best person to ask to see whether he lives up to that moniker is his girlfriend. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the six words that I had when I read his <laughs> his description and his moniker were, "Are we still talking about tennis?" <laughs> Juicy. He, you Juicy. know what? You t you had shared with me last year around the U.S. Open time when he made his first semifinal that he was snackalicious, and I didn't really see it in him. But I have to tell you, when I was watching earlier today his match against Goffin, he is who she real cute. She cute. She cute. Sure. She real. She cute. does have. She does have a girlfriend though. Oh. Um. So yeah, I think the hammer for him is fitting, and yeah. Lucas Pui cannot steal the Thor because it's taken. It's taken. By He's the Italian. It. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who's next? So we've got Team. So Team didn't play this weekend. I believe, actually, I'm not sure, but I thought he was in um, Serbia helping Djokovic with his um, um, his uh, benefit or whatever. Yes. Um, and that's another topic of conversation but team's moniker is the dominator yeah i mean i think it's fine it's enough said it i mean i i emailed morata glue and i was like when he was thinking about all these monikers for for the players and i was like you know what team should be cutie with the booty <laughs> <laughs> yeah the juicy the juicy booty because in in the 
in the words of Doja Cat, pop superstar, from the song Juicy, just to make sure that we don't get sued. Um, <laughs> if you could see it from the front, wait till you see it from the back. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, one of our listeners, the Philip, mm. loves team and his booty so he will appreciate that yeah it's a juicy booty you know they, mm-hmm. they, a lot of them have a juicy booty but teams definitely is the juiciest yeah i think the next player does also have a juicy booty especially Ooh. when he wears white shorts it's feliciano lopez Ooh, he's he does he's so good looking what's his moniker his moniker is a bit of typecasting to be honest <laughs> the torero which mm. is also the bullfighter ah okay so he's he's in the ring he's holding that that flag and he is just conducting it like an like a conductor in an orchestra yes fire in his eyes confident and experienced feliciano (laughs) handles his opponents just like a bullfighter handles the bull elegantly and fearlessly Ooh, that's good. And let's just all be real. Experience means old. You <laughs> old. <laughs> yeah, so old that he's also the tournament director of Madrid. I just found that out. <laughs> he is a tournament director and an active player. Yeah. Yeah, He she old, but she cute. She cute. Yeah. Gofan, better known as The Wall. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Does, is it fitting of him? I mean, I, I I believe that we... I don't know if it was you and I, but we watched... Go, I watched Gauthain at Rogers Cup a couple years ago. I think I was with you. It was Gauthain against... Um, what's it, what, what his name? Svidalina's boyfriend, Monfils. And uh, he is the wall. He gets everything back. I mean, I didn't have another moniker for him because I think the wall is appropriate. Like, mm-hmm. she get everything back, you know. Oh, no, I did have a moniker for him. Are you ready? It's a bit shady. Go for it. I called her the quarterfinal specialist. Because <laughs> she can't get past the Grand Slam quarterfinal. She made the world tour, world tour, <laughs> world tour finals a, a year ago, a year, two years ago. He did? Yeah. Was, was anyone sick? <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. I mean, he. I think he, obviously, in tennis, stature matters in many ways in terms of serve and power. And he's one of those little guys who, you know, has a big heart and needs to fight and needs to be a wall, um, Mm. but also has power in certain ways. So we'll see how he does in UTS and, you know, the rest of his quarterfinal dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Next. uh, Next is Benchitrit. <laughs> go. You go. You're going to take this the, one. I can't. AKA the underdog. Duh. <laughs> yeah. So he's the underdog. He's a player from France, ranked in below 200. Mm. Not He's higher than, uh, than Dustin, Dustin Brown, Brown though. Yeah. Really? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, don't, I don't know him, but... <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the shady you know that that is the shadiest comment that you can ever say like well i also don't know <laughs> quentin hollis who's following us on instagram <laughs> or okay. his bot is we're, we're, we're gonna come after him we're gonna come after him later <laughs> so okay moving on 
from the who to mm-hmm. Sitsy. So, you know, you have had, I don't know if you've had more than one dream, but you've had a dream about sudsing his hair. Yes. Do you feel like the Greek God is appropriate? I posted on our IG after I watched his little teaser, moniker teaser, and I said, I, if you're the Greek God, I'm your Aphrodite. (laughs) (laughs) I am in full agreement with this moniker because he is godlike to me. And Mm -hmm. I would like to idolize him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Patrick Muradoglu would like other fans like you to feel the same way because on the UTS website it says <laughs> I feel like I'm reading a, from a romance novel but here we go with long golden curls his head held high and imposing six foot four stature at first glance Stephanos looks like a hybrid between a Greek god and a tennis player <laughs> I mean at first glance what? Yeah, like, I mean, he. Ugh, I just am thinking about his on court and his interview with the tennis. Co- I don't even know who those tennis commentators are. I, I don't know them. But uh, he just flashed a smile and I was like melting again, all over again. I love him. He is growing on me more and more. I think he has the potential to be in in the category of like someone like Roger Federer who people love and come mm. to adore and who will do really good and be potentially a billion dollar athlete. Yeah. Yeah, he's the, he's the next wave. He's the next gen. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's it's people like Milos who haven't had personality who have really held this generation back. Milos <laughs> I'm gonna call you out again. Jason said it in a few episodes before. Like, get recapture that Milos that was at the Wimbledon final, and we'll all be happy. Period. Period. Milos, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Richard Gasquet is the virtuoso, and I think when we were chatting yesterday, you asked me to tell you what that meant. <laughs> like the vir- yeah okay. You know what? Explain to explain to all of our listeners, all fifteen of you. <laughs> what? Okay. What is a virtuoso? A virtuoso is a highly skilled in music or another artistic pursuit. So I think what they're trying to say is this artistic pursuit of tennis. Gasquet is a virtuoso, and he's skilled. He's skilled, but if he was so skilled, he would have won a Grand Slam. Mm-hmm. That's the way yeah. that I feel. But yeah. I, th- good point. And the moniker I came up with him is Nadal's shadow. Ooh, he's not. He, she not gonna like that one. <laughs> but she knows it's true. I mean, she. They were, <laughs> That's so shady. That they is grew so up. Shady. <laughs> they grew up together. They're like 15 days apart, birth wise. Mm. Someone's got 19 Grand Slams, and someone made the Rogers Cup final in 2011. He did the first the first year I volunteered. Wow! And who did he lose to? <laughs> he lost to Novak. I mean, my yes, I, I agree. I mean, it's it is fitting, but it's shady. But we wouldn't be zero filter if we didn't say things that were shady. So I agree with yes. you. Yes, I agree exactly. With you. And then the last two are Dustin Brown and Benoit Pair, the artist and the rebel. 
<laughs> Sorry. Just don't, don't take it offline. Anyway, so, okay, honestly, mine for Dustin, I, the artist is, I think that that is a fitting moniker because all of the highlights that I've seen of Dustin, he truly is an artist with the way that he uses the ball i actually my own moniker for him would have been something similar would have been something like the magician because she has a lot of trick shots she can do a lot of things so artist i'm down with yeah well i mean the write-up says sometimes he's a magician other times a painter drawing stunning plays that will leave fans speechless he can also be a circus artist stretching and spinning like a cirque du soleil acrobat oh if is that because he dives for a lot of balls stretches and like does tweeners and yes. does some fun stuff yeah he's creative pear does the same thing as the rebel dyed hair collar up <laughs> i li- you know what i i like pear's personality my moniker for him would have been pink hair don't care yeah that's a good one right well done i wonder what moniker Celis would have thought of all of these <laughs> monikers? Her moniker would have been like, give me one more hamburger. I'm kidding. That's her, not her. Right. Her moniker would be, oh, hey! <laughs> backhand and forehand. She was always striking that ball. Yes. <laughs> I, so I came up with one for myself. Oh, you did? So, yeah. So um, okay, I thought... Let's... Yeah, so, uh, you know, I think people think this about my personality, and maybe they think this about me on the court. So, my and by moniker... People do, by people, do you mean me? <laughs> uh, you, my husband. <laughs> maybe they think I have no pulse. So, I said, my, mon- <laughs> my moniker is the flatliner. Oh, okay. An explanation, uh, please? Keeping it calm, cool, and even keel. So my opponent can't read me. That is the damn truth. And, you know, much like someone in WWE named John Cena would say, you can't read me. <laughs> he actually we, says you can't see me. But let's let's personalize a teaser for John Cena so he gets into tennis, yeah. into this podcast. I, well, actually, I mean, John hmm. Cena is all over tennis because all players do is put this. They need the towel. That's his that's his thing. You can't see me with the towel. <laughs> I um I I thought about a moniker for you that I want to share with you and our audience oh. members right now. <laughs> okay. Go. I I thought of like two monikers that didn't kind of fit the bill. Well, they fit the bill, but they weren't as good as the final one that I've decided for you. The first one was a s- cereal slicer. <laughs> okay. The second one is drop shot diva. Good. Those are good ones. They're good. But the moniker that I have uh, decided would best fit you if you and I were both playing UTS would be the Dorito. <laughs> <laughs> the Dorito. The Dorito. Um, ooh, okay. So cheesy, crispy, full of flavor. Does that sound about right? Your the the subline would be the Dorito because his short chips are real cheesy, <laughs> <laughs> but effective. But effective. 
yeah. they pack they and they pack a punch. Yeah, I I just added that. <laughs> <laughs> a burst of flavor. A burst of flavor. That's weird. I did come up with some for you. Oh, okay. Also. Let me let me share what I think mine should be first. Oh, okay. Yeah, you go. Okay, so I was thinking about my own moniker, and I came up with the moniker. And this is the way that everyone has to say it when I get introduced onto the court. <laughs> it would be double D. <laughs> double D? Double D. Double D's because I hit a deep ball and I'm a double fister <laughs> on and off the court. <laughs> because you hit two hands. Yes, I'm Peng Shui, Monica Sellis, Marion Bartoli. All of those girls rolled up into one. Oh, that's interesting because the one that I came up with you, come up came up with for you is the game changer. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's a good one. That's a good the, one. Because this week it's two hands. Next week it's one hands, and then the week after that it's going to be two hands. Yeah. Applause. You're giving you're giving me the two handed clap clap. That is that is on fucking point. The game changer <laughs> is exactly who I am. <laughs> the other one that I came up with is the stop doing that. <laughs> His strength in re- is in realizing that after the twelfth time being passed, <laughs> being passed by a forehand winner, he re- he realizes he should stop doing that. Do you know how many times I have approached on his freaking forehand? And yes, I say exactly that. As <laughs> if I don't realize, like, don't approach on her forehand. She's going to pass you. So stop doing that is appropriate. <laughs> but the one that I landed on was... Oh, oh, oh. The Filipino Fury. Ooh. Okay, and I also like that. No- also known as, come on, stay in this. <laughs> For when I for when I'm down in the, when you're in down, the match, the fury comes out. You're either down in the match, the fury comes out, and you hit <laughs> hit like a madman, or you start drop shotting and <laughs> and pushing, dinking the ball. Yeah, <laughs> that those are those are three. I I like Fil- Filipino fury. I yeah. I wouldn't mind having that as my moniker at UTS next year. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's good and. I I came up with one or two for Novak just because I thought it would be fun. You know what? We we're we're picking on her. But that's, that's because true. she's so she's so easy to pick on. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe we should just leave the anti-vaxer alone then. <laughs> my my no, okay. Now, now you shared your moniker for her, but here's my moniker for her and I want you to guess why. I called her Thanos. Ah. That's her moniker. Go- because she's a narcissist that lives in an alternate universe. Oh, the Thanos. The Thanos. Is that well good? Well done. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we wanted to give one more update on our friend, <laughs> Coach. <laughs> he's our friend. Come on. He, he's loving us. Yeah, he's our friend in, in our head. He's our friend in our head in that we continue to have cute, random Instagram chats with Coach of Maria's Sakari. 
Mm-hmm. Tom Hill. Tom Hill 95. Yeah. So last week we talked about our social media and folks like Natalia. Vic, Vic, Vic and Seva. And Quentin Hollis still feeling like we're they're botting us because they're watching the tail end of our stories. Mm-hmm. But Tom Hill has made his voice clear that he, I, I, and I quote, I believe I'm pretty sure, sh- I'm pretty sure I'm not a bot is what he mm. said. <laughs> she did. So <clears throat> Jason and I did a story because Tracy Austin, Tracy Austin ended up liking one of our teaser clips for episode three. And um, we, we did a story saying, thank you, Tracy, for watching our, um, for listening to our teaser and for watching our stories, unlike some of the bots out there. And we called out Tom Hill for being a bot. And that bitch messages, messaged us that same day. And just like Jason de- said, he said, I'm pretty sure I'm not a bot. So we were wrong. We accept full responsibility for the fact that we called that bitch out. We thought she was a robot, but she is not. She or orgas organically <laughs> watched our shit and you know what sorry tom i apologize to tom jason apologized to tom we apologize to tom together she's watching our stuff so thank you and tom said to us in mm. instagram that mm. he would come on our show and we invited maria to come on our show also so maybe just maybe in the next couple of weeks we will do our first coach slash player interview with those two yeah bring maria on and while you're at it because maria and i think stephanos used to be dating you can bring steffi too yeah bring the greek goddess and the greek god yes yes so yeah tom tom is real actually we would we would be remiss not to promote tom's own podcast tom has a podcast called wild goats available i believe on all podcast platforms (laughs) it's him and a a few friends and they talk about funny things like well it's not funny but they talk about football i actually spent some time this morning listening to their latest episode and one of their segments talked about how one of the wild goats members put peas up his nose so follow them (laughs) subscribe (laughs) (laughs) link and share and do all of that because we are about supporting other podcasts that support us. <laughs> I mean, who who knew our show would almost wrap up by talking about peas in noses? <laughs> exactly. We, yeah, we should wrap by just thanking Tracy Austin, though. You know, two-time U.S. Open champion, broadcaster here when the Rogers Cup is in town for sportsnet and cbc for liking our stuff and you know we hope you grow your followers beyond 1000 tracy we're we were follower 997 (laughs) (laughs) and we yes we support you in growing your social media platform and presence and i think that one way that you can positively do that is by coming on our show girl put on those pom-pom socks Wear your hair and pigtails like you did when you won the U.S. Open, and we can just we can just spill the tea on like the the inside of the WTA <laughs> of the WTA. <laughs> yeah, reminisce on your 
victories in your early match with a 13-year-old Steffi Graf. Right. I, I was reading about this Shady. yesterday. Yeah. And how I'm actually shocked at you, Aldwin, because you did not do a story to acknowledge Steffi bir- Graf's birthday. Her birthday. Her, her birthday. birthday. <laughs> she turns 51, guys. Like, Ber- Steffi Graf. Her birthday was June 12th. Oh, my God. I think it was June 14th. So yesterday. Happy birthday, Steffi. Um, I don't know how to say happy birthday in German, but um, I love you so much. I miss you. Um, Please answer my phone calls. I promise I won't stalk you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I love you so much. We love you and we love tennis and we love all of you who are listening. So thank you yes. for listening to another week of the Ready Play Tennis podcast. Please tell us what you're liking. Follow yeah. us on Instagram. Email us at readypaytennispodcast at gmail.com. What do you want to hear? What do you want us to talk about? Let us know. Let us know. Let a girl know. Are we being are we being shady? Are we being not shady enough? But anyway, whatever. Next week the episode is gonna be fierce. Yeah, it's so week, good. Next week, you got to tune in because we're going to talk about WTA and all the stuff they are doing or not doing or what they need to do to maybe improve the profile of the women's game. Because all of us and all of us gays in the GLTA, we love the WTA. We mm-hmm. have this this whole thing called Who's Your WTA Spirit Animal? Yes. And so we're going to put that spirit animal to work for you next week there we go you ha- you you heard it from jason patterson herself herself <laughs> on that note we're gonna say see you later see you later thanks for listening S- see you next week okay bye hey it's your serve if you love this episode be sure to give us a five-star review and don't forget to share it with others and let them know what all the racket's about see what i did there And don't forget, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ready Play Tennis Podcast. See ya!